Welcome to the Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Your host, Sue Meyer, is a Catholic wife and homeschool mom of 11. She shares her knowledge of the study of natural alternative medicine with you. While this show is not intended to diagnose or name any disease, through her experience, Sue will share helpful information to help you further your study into the amazing world of homeopathy. And now, here's your host, Sue Meyer. Hello, and welcome to Homeopathy for Mommies. This is Sue Meyer. (laughs) Uh, This is really fun. I, I really appreciate, again, all the phone calls and the interest that we're getting with our website is, you know, Thank you to the young lady that's working on that and my daughter-in-law. They're really trying to beef up the excitement about homeopathy, and it's working. We're getting calls and emails from folks all over this country and other countries, and it's it's just really exciting. And the consensus is, thank you. Just thank you. That The information is extremely helpful to them and their families. And so that's kind of what inspired this particular show. We're talking about ear infections today and how many times you know I was talking on one of my last shows that when I do case taking the never well since is so often the college years and I don't know how many people I've talked to and they began using homeopathy when their child had recurring ear infections the lady I was talking to today that was her story so it was really really interesting so it really inspired me to talk about the ears ear infection childhood type earaches I was telling her that None of my children ever had earaches. None of them. Everybody has their own predisposition to illnesses, right? Except one of my daughters. And after she had her first set of immunizations, she came down with an earache. And like I said, she was (laughs) several down the totem pole. And so it was a whole new experience for me. And it was awful. She did run a fever. It wasn't extremely high, but she did run a fever. And she screamed. And I just, I, mean, I didn't even know what to do with do for her. I, I was still using Tylenol and things in that in that day. But I don't think I gave her anything like that because I honestly didn't know what was wrong. Um, I knew she didn't have a dirty diaper. I knew she didn't want to eat. She just screamed. And she did act like she had an earache. But like I said, I didn't really know what to do. So I just basically sat up in the rocking chair all night long. And I just held her and rocked her and let her scream. She finally fell asleep about 4.30 in the morning. And well, we both fell asleep sitting there in the rocking chair. And then when I woke up a couple hours later, there was blood on my shirt. So her eardrum had burst. And to my knowledge, she never got another earache again. But I quit immunizing. Yes, her eardrum did heal up without the use of any homeopathics or anything. (laughs) That was the big question. What are we going to do about ruptured eardrums? And this one lady called yesterday and said that they were going to do surgery on the baby in her life. And I'm like, you know what? We do need to do this podcast so that people know that, you know, they don't have to resort to surgery and things like that. Of course, I'm not a doctor and there are always extreme circumstances. So, I mean, be open to that, of course, but I definitely would try everything natural first. And the doctor I worked with first in Portland, he, that's how he got involved in homeopathy. He was a a PA and he got, became a homeopath when his son, after years and years of recurring antibiotics and ear infections, and he was a PA, like I said, so he, that was their only course of action. And then when he went to a home, he took his child to a homeopath and he was cured. Just one round of homeopathic remedies the child was cured and he's like okay 
what was that and how did it work? So then he went back to school and he became a homeopath and he's a wonderful, wonderful man. I, he's very, he was very instrumental in my learning more about homeopathy as well. But that's how he got involved in homeopathy because the cures. And once you take a child through a horrible earache without suppression, in other words, without antibiotics, without Tylenol, without false eardrops, and I say false eardrops because there are antibiotic eardrops as well, things that will suppress the actual infection or whatever's going on in there, whether it just be fluid in the ear, whether it's just inflammation, whether there's, you know, whatever's going on, anything basically pharmaceutical will suppress the situation. You might get rid of it for a period of time, but it's just going to come back again because we have to get rid of that disposition. What's going on? And like I said, very often as within my daughter, right after her immunizations, she got this horrible earache because that was her weakness. Okay, and her weakness later led to a lot of bloody noses and things like that. So that was her personal weakness. So anyway, I quit immunizing that child, and from that point on, the next child did have one set of immunizations, but he threw up all over the doctor, and I said, Sue, why did you even go through this? And after that, I found out I didn't have to, that it wasn't law, and I just kind of just kept putting off the doctors, you know, because they'd say, okay, time for immunizations. i say, oh, you know what? We've had the sniffles in the house. I'm just going to hold off for a little bit longer. And so I didn't immunize anymore. And after that, we were able to stave off any other further infections like that. But when your child does have an earache or ear infection, depending on what the cause is, and as a mommy, sometimes you say, oh, my gosh, I shouldn't have let him go out in that wind. You know, because it was a cold, brisk wind. Shouldn't have let him go out with the, without a hat. That can cause earaches. And if you look up tra- traditional Chinese medicine, they'll have, you know, cold wind, hot wind. They have all these different causes. And very often there's kidney. The ear, meridian, kidney, liver, gallbladder, they're all connected. So very often it's what's going on in this whole body. And kidney, very often, again, emotion. All emotion runs through the kidney meridian. And so when there's a lot of stress on that child, whether, again, whether it be mommy's gone, I was immunized, um, just any type of emotion that sets him off, that's going to plummet the immune system and it will leave him more susceptible to that earache. So, and sometimes, like I said, it can be immunization. Sometimes he can be exposed to a virus and it settles in that ear because maybe he went, got it wet, or like I said, cold exposure, heat, emotion. Maybe he hasn't been feeling really well and then he had too much sugar. It just kind of pushed him over the edge. Just a zillion different things can cause an earache. So, in homeopathy, remember, obviously you're going to see your child pulling at his ears. It might be red and he might run a low-grade fever. He might run a high fever. The sky's the limit for symptoms. But very often, you know, they'll just cry and cry and cry and just slightly pull at the ear. It might not even be a really bad earache, but it is the symptom of something deeper going on. So whenever you see something like that, again, assume maybe it's a virus. Unless you know that the child got water in the ear or that they've had a really sore throat or they've had other issues going on. But if it's nothing that you can really pinpoint, let's assume it's a virus. So give aconite and belladonna. Sometimes that's just enough to get rid of it. And if it doesn't get rid of it, if we've been too late in giving those two remedies, then again, look at the symptoms. And the symptoms can be, like I said, so numerous. I always like to give silica in a low potency, like a 6C or a 30 or a 30C to help get rid of whatever's in there that's not supposed to be there. And so I always always just implement silica in everything because so often we just don't, our whole bodies are just so out of balance that we just need that extra oomph of get it out of there. And so we're going to kind of run through some of the remedies here that are good for like ear infections, ear aches, 
things like that. Like I said, an earache does not, does not necessarily mean that there's ear infection. There can just be simply a ringing in the ear that's that's bothering the child. There it can be itching. Um, there can be a raft of things going on. And if they're too young to talk to you, then you just kind of have to go with what you visually witness and the attitude of the child. You know, is he whiny and clingy or is he angry? You know, we've talked about the difference between pulsatilla and chamomile. They're both famous ear remedies, especially pulsatilla. And so if he's whiny and clingy, just give pulsatilla if you don't know of anything else to give. If he's angry and he wants something, he throws it back at you or he just wants to hit at you or he's just ornery, doesn't want to be held and cuddled, then just give a dose of chamomile, homeopathic remedy chamomile. Amazing. But besides that, there can be also a lot of wax buildup with some children. And they say that when there's a lot of excess wax in a child's ear, that can that can point to allergies. It can point to just other aggravations, maybe even in their diet. It's not necessarily an a- allergy, but it can just be an aggravation in their diet. The first thing a lot of people do is take their child off milk, and very often that will just clear up. Now, I say milk. I'm not blaming milk because I believe that if a f- child is drinking good organic raw milk, then it's very unlikely that that's what they're going to be allergic to. And at this point, I would like to interject and say, if you've never heard of the Weston A. Price Foundation, Google it, go there, watch their videos for on raw milk, listen to Sally Fallon. There's so much good information out there that's not controlled by the media. And I thank these people immensely for really hammering this to us and they are working so hard to get the information out so I have (laughs) I have I have one friend she's like oh they're all kooks (laughs) and you know I guess there's a lot of truth to that because you got to kind of be a kook in order to not be part of the mainstream media and so you know like I'm the first one to admit I'm a kook you have to be because if you're not that means you're not thinking for yourself and sometimes if it just means you're a kook because, you, like you say, you try to figure things out for yourself or you try to think outside the box, then, you know, so be it. Uh, once in a while, yes, I'm not right. <laughs> but I'm always open to the, the common sense stuff, okay? I, I have to admit I've been floored many, many times in my life as to the simple truth in something. It's like, what? Why couldn't I see that? You know, and I have to admit, I was about my early 30s when I started literally waking up to the fact that the media wasn't gospel, you know. And there's a lot of people out there like that. I ran into a man, he's like, um, I don't know, he's in his mid-60s. And we were in the middle of a conversation and I said something about GMO, you know, pesticides and GMO. Oh, and his wife said, maybe I should start spraying some of that GMO in my garden. And I, I looked at her and he goes, I don't think that's anything you spray. And I said, really? <laughs> and he goes, what is GMO anyway? And I said, okay, where did you tell me you worked? <laughs> anyway, he worked for a, an international company that produces food. Okay, so enough said on that. <laughs> I said, okay, that's why you don't know anything about GMO. And I said, oh, okay, I I don't know. I don't know how anybody could get to that point in their life and not know anything about GMO. But anyway, if you you go to the Weston A. Price Foundation, it's amazing, the information that you'll find. It's good information. It's solid information. It's common sense information. And it's the truth. You can do research. You're not going to be able to prove them wrong. The, The mainstream media would, like, make you think that it's not the truth, but it really is. Anyway, enough said on that. I, I encourage everyone to go there. 
I've started carrying their pamphlets here in my store and I'm really excited about it. I spend so much time talk, 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 talking that when somebody asks me a question now, I can just go get one of the Weston A. Price Foundation pamphlets and I can hand it to them. That way they can ingest the information slowly and at their own pace and then it's theirs. It's their information. It's not being shoved down their throat or it's, they're not being you know, bombarded. They're able to absorb it at their pace in their time and then they own that information. It's theirs. You know, so often, I was, in fact, as I was doing, getting ready to do this podcast and I was thinking, all the good friends that have been placed in my life and the excellent information that they've given me, you know, once they've given it to me, it's mine now. It's my information and it's been God-given through them. If it's been verbal, I'm not plagiarizing anyone when I repeat it. I usually do the research and confirm it, but then it's mine. And that's what I want everyone else to do as well. You're listening to me talk. If something is confusing to you or if you don't believe it, do the research, look it up. And when you can confirm it and make it solid in your own mind, it's your information. It's yours to pass on to your children and your grandchildren, so on and so forth. And that's the neat part about doing this. And it's important that we keep sharing it with others. You know, I'm not big into um, social media. The fact is it scares me. I beg my children and I, you know, don't put my grandkids' faces out there. <laughs> you just it, make your private life your private life. Don't make it for all the world to see. And But anyway, there are times, obviously, when social media is an asset to us and we can get the word out about good information. Honestly, I, I don't have a Facebook account. The store does. I don't even know how to get there. I don't know how to use it. But my daughter-in-law is always saying, Tell, ask people if, if they like an article, please like it. Um, if they see something on your podcast, please write a favorable review. Please do all these things for us because it encourages others to go to our website, find this information, and they can embrace it as well. And they can share it with their friends and their family. And like I had this lady call, and she, she's been using homeopathy for years and years, and she was just so excited about finding our podcast. And she said, Sue, I've just been listening to him. And she goes, I know about homeopathy. I've been using it for 35 years, and I just love your stories. And I love the information that you give. And I said, thank you. I says, could you please write a review? <laughs> she says, I will. I don't like Facebook, but I can like it. And I said, okay, thanks. And I had another phone call from, and this is quite earth shattering because I had a phone call from a lady in Canada who was willing to give a lot of information. I actually get a lot of emails and phone calls from people in Canada. And it's homeopathy is so restricted there. It's by prescription only. And folks, I just want you to know that's probably what's coming down the pike here in the United States very quickly too. So if there's any homeopathic remedies you want to get on hand, you better be scattering to get them. It's very important that you have your arsenal on hand. I cannot stress that enough. I know I'm becoming redundant with saying that, but it is coming. And just like in Australia, you know, we think they're not going to plan on getting rid of our guns and things like that either. (laughs) But in Australia, oh, the people screamed, but they had to take their guns in and they melted them all down. Guns are not allowed in Australia. How could that be? How could that happen? It did. And now people are used to it. Oh, we can have guns on the hunting range. They'd have to store them at the hunting range, but they they can't take them home. They're not free to use them as they wish or whatever. They can't go skeet shooting or wherever. But the point is, is they're illegal. So we, if you don't think things can change, you're wrong. They can and they will, if we're not careful, pray really, really hard. You know, it's, I mean, that's all we can do. I know I have some people call and they're so fearful. And I'm like, don't be fearful. Just be prudent. Do what you can. And you'll be blessed for doing what you can for your family. And then let it go. Just do what you can do. And don't worry about anything else. And just like the ear infections. If if you can get away from immunizations, do so. If you can't get away from them, use the Thuya 30C three days prior. 
and three days following. Any immunization that will help the body to kick out the harmful effects of that immunization. So just do what you can. And if you've been on antibiotics or some other pharmaceutical drugs, do the, the Nux vomica, the arsenicum, and the silica to clean up the liver and to get the pharmaceuticals out of the body. Those are two things that you can do at any given time to help clean up the body, wake up the system, and just get things healing. So then if your child should come down with the earache, or anyone in the family come down with the earache, or they start having a lot of what they call glue ear, things like that, that's a sign of something going on deeper in the system, like I said, allergy or some intolerance, and the secreting that earwax and I have to laugh because I have one friend I just love her to death she's an herbalist and she's always telling me all the secrets of the old timers just like okay let me tell you this because this is really funny and I don't even know where to pluck it into any particular podcast but she said she had remembered her grandparents now mind you she's a little bit older than I am so she's like super old (laughs) anyway she had remembered the old timers talking about you cut your thistles according to the moon and she couldn't find the information anywhere so she put it on the local radio station asking that question. She says if there's any old timers out there that can remember when it is you cut your thistles according to the moon to keep them from growing back, could you please let us know? Sure enough, she said, one of the old timers, he's 90 some years old, he called into the radio station and he said, you cut them 15 days before a full moon and they won't grow back. Amazing, huh? So those that type of information is priceless. It has nothing to do with ears, but I needed to throw it in somewhere. (laughs) So remember that, folks. You cut your thistles 15 days before a full moon, and they won't grow back. So with that, now you can cure earaches. But there are a number of remedies that you can use to cure earaches. And like I said, you start with chamomile or pulsatilla if it's a child. And we're going to go through a few of these here as well. But if it's an actual infection... There's one remedy that we use that is not in my book, Homeopathy for Mommies, and it's something that you can email and and I can surely send you. And honestly, because earaches were never a big part of my life, I didn't know about this remedy till later, until I finished my book. But it's it's a mercurius remedy. A mercurius is always for infection, and mercurius it's a mercurius dulk. So it's more specific to glue ear and that type of recurring ear infection than some of the other mercurius. I always have used just plain mercurius or hepersulf for the earaches, and it's almost always done the trick perfectly. I had one mother, it didn't work for her, so we gave her the Merc doll, and it took care of the job. So it's just something to remember for the future. Maybe if you have earaches in your family, that that would be a really good remedy to have on hand. But benzoic acid is really good for a type of Meniere's disease, which is the inner ear disease. Like you might hear confused noises. It's you can hear yourself swallowing. It's worse walking in open air. Benzoic acid is really really good for that. And like I say, all of this information is in my book Homeopathy for Mommies. So you could you can look in there, and it's really quite extensive as far as the different remedies that can be used for ear infection. The one thing that almost all children with recurring ear infections are diagnosed with is otitis media, where you have that swelling the fluid behind the eardrum and you'll actually get that bulging and that's why the children have so much pain and that's the most chronic type of children's ear infection so to speak and it doesn't always have to be infected it can just be painful or not painful but it's like that's what's the most chronic and then we you know, there's there's other things that like the mastoiditis where you can have the inflammation of the mastoid and there you'll probably have the fever and different other different symptoms and again the otorrhea 
where you have the discharge. You can have, and the discharge can actually be a different colors. It can be a fluid, it can be sticky, it can have different colors there. And so that's all matters when you're looking to diagnose. You know, when you're trying to figure out the exact remedy, those symptoms are very, very important to note. And when you go through the book, Homeopathy for Mommies, there are different things to look for. And like I said, it it doesn't have to be an exact science. You don't have to exactly what you're looking at. I know here at the store, we have a wonderful physician's assistant who came in and donated an evening to talk to some of the young mothers here. And all the moms that came in were given a given a lesson in were given a lesson in how to look at the eardrum and how to use the instrument to look in there. It's it's it was a lot of fun. Some of the moms were really confused still when they left, but at least they had a little bit of information. They were given pictures of what they were to look at and what they were looking for, what a perforated eardrum looks like, what a bulging eardrum looks like, what an infected eardrum looks like. So it was really a good class. And I was going to put together a page here from just taking pictures off Wikipedia so that anyone wanting to know a little bit more about what they're looking at and the name of the particular ear issues. So when the doctor tells them what the child has, they can just look at this little pamphlet information that we'll put on our website so that you can understand what the doctor's trying to tell you. So it's very helpful that way, just so that you can wrap your mind around the ear problem itself. But like I said, don't get hung up on the actual diagnosis. Look at your child and listen to your child and watch his symptoms. Just use the homeopathic remedies accordingly. You know, what is most like what your child is describing? Use that remedy. If that doesn't work, go to the next, your next, your second choice. And I know one mom said, oh, my homeopath says I can't have these remedies on hand unless I've taken a class and I know how to do this. That's an excellent idea. Everyone should take a class. My crash course now, they have that up on the website and it goes through every single remedy in the Homeopathy for Mommies book. We're talking over 80 remedies you can learn by just buying that crash course. And it's well, I guess this show goes out on the 15th, so it's going to be on sale until the 15th or the 5th, and then the price goes back up. I encourage everyone to take that crash course. I've had iridologists and homeopaths and naturopaths, chiropractors call me and thank me for my crash course. They said they learned so much. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I went and taught a class one time, and come at the end of the day, <laughs> I find out how many professionals were in the crowd. I was so embarrassed and so humbled. And they said, Sue, it's amazing to listen to you. You have so much passion for homeopathy and you make it sound so simple. And I said, that's because it is. It is not complicated. You just have to learn the sensations and the basic uses of these particular remedies. As long as you're not trying to do chronic curing, you're fine. You don't even have to worry. Keep the potencies at the 30C or below and you're good to go. If you're really sure of your symptoms, and it's a smaller child or someone with really good vitality, you can go up to 200. But you know what? You don't need really high potencies to cure all these acute situations in our lives. I just get so, so excited. I really do. One guy comes in the store, he's like, wow, you have a lot of vitality. And I just laugh because I'm going on adrenaline, trying to get my work done. And that I, I trust me, I have days where I just simply crash. And that's fine because that's the way I do things. But it is exciting when you can take someone and they just walk away and feel better. We had, I know I've told this story on a different podcast. I'll tell it again because it's now we're talking about ear infections, ear aches. And we were at a wedding. And the next day we all get together. This one young lady, I seen her get up off the couch and she had tears in her eyes and she was holding her ear. And I said to her sister, I says, what's the matter? And she says, ah, oh, she has an earache. I said, oh my goodness. And she goes, she'll be fine. She always gets these. And I, so I followed her, the young lady with the, holding her ear. And I said, sweetheart, I said, are you okay? She's, she just looked at me and just 
these big blue eyes just welled up with tears. And she says, uh-huh. And I said, sweetie, you have an earache? And she says, yes. And I said, you know what? I might have something that'll help you. Would you mind, would you be interested in taking a homeopathic remedy? And she just kind of nodded that she would. And so I went and got pulsatilla. Now, mind you, she fits the perfect description that Kent describes of a pulsatilla child. She was tall. She was a little bit buxom on top. She had the narrower hips, blonde hair, blue eyes, beautiful Aphrodite person she was. She was extremely womanly and just, just beautiful young lady. And I gave her a pulsatilla 30c i said sweetie just go take this every 15 minutes and lay down okay so i kind of forgot about it an hour and a half went by and i noticed she was in playing on the living room floor with some children and i went over to her and i said sweetie how you doing and she looked up at me and her eyes were just as bright as crystal and she smiled and she said oh i'm fine thank you and i said okay you know i just wonderful and i walked away and her family through the weekend said that they could not believe the changes in that child that she was so chatty and you know, happy. And I don't think she's had any recurring earaches, but I told her, I says, you are one of the fortunates. You know, your remedy. (laughs) I says, you could probably pretty much take this remedy for anything and it will cure just about anything. And she has, she's just been doing really, really well. So it was really interesting to watch that remedy work in such pure form. It was, it was wonderful. And that's what you see when you hit the right remedy, it always works always. That's what the doctor I work with, that's what she stresses all the time. You hit the right remedy, it always works. There are different protocols out there that, like I said, work really well for acute, but it's not going to cure the chronic if it's not the exact right remedy. It works wonderfully for these acute situations, like I said, and you'll notice that the acute situations become farther and farther apart until they finally dissipate completely as the the person grows stronger. But when you hit that exact right remedy, the cure is almost instantaneous. You might have a little bit of aggravation as the body's throwing out the crud and the memory of the disease in the past, but it's just going to continue to go in the right direction. And even though there might be physical aggravations, the person always says, oh, no, no, I'm better. I'm doing, I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. Because their mind is the first thing to begin the healing process. So I just get excited. I, I know I'm, I'm getting too chatty here and I want to go through some of these, these ear famous ear remedies and it's not just for children a lot of adults get ear problems and especially as they get older and the nerve endings and things like that and the ears start to become deteriorated then they can start to have ear problems as well people in the middle age anyone who's listened to a lot of loud music or loud machinery at work things like that that can damage the nerve endings in their ears as well and they'll start to lose their hearing everything wears out you know as we get older things just wear out and we can try to prevent that as much as possible by ear wearing ear things when we're working with lawnmowers and shooting guns and working in um, next to loud machines and things to help prevent that ear loss because that's very difficult to get that type of hearing loss back again because it's hard to repair those those types of damages. But like I said, we talked about benzoic acid from Meniere's disease. Another famous one from Meniere's disease, depending on the situation, now benzoic acid can be due to yeast, kind of, you know, too much, a diet, things like that can can cause that type of dizziness and inner ear confusion. If it's a causticum issue, it's, there's usually, there can be ringing, roaring, pulsating with deafness, Meniere's disease, which will cause the vertigo, middle ear accumulation of earwax, things like that. Causticum is usually for an older person. Rarely have I ever seen a child need causticum. If they have inner ear, like dizziness, things like that, then I always reach for benzoic acid with them first. Um, Borax, again, see benzoic acid and borax of the same 
type of substance. And we've got, it's very sensitive to the slightest noise. And with somebody, I'm working here in the store, and very often I'll have days where I'm really, really punchy. People walk around the corner, you know, just get very frightful very easily. I'll take a dose of borax or benzoic acid, and it'll balance my system again, and I won't be really, really uh, easily startled anymore. And again, see, that's kind of a candida issue. So when, and I, like I said, I've told you this problem, you know, I was on antibiotics over 30 times. I know I was for the first half of my life. I was on it once or twice every single year from the time I was 11 years old. So I had a lot of antibiotics. And my, obviously my flora, my my body has a hard time keeping itself balanced. So I, like I said, I've started using the bowel nozodes and MSM and I'm not having near the problems I used to. But once in a while, I'll have those really startled days. And that really, like I said, I know that my candida is, is having issues again. So then I will just, you know, take that remedy and I start feeling better. It's just, it's funny. I don't have to know. I don't have to go and get diagnosed. I don't have to, you know, take swabs or anything else. It's just like, I look at the symptoms and when that symptom arises, I know what needs to be done. And I know that I've either been not getting enough rest or I haven't been eating right or something's going on. Okay. Bryonia is also a really good one for inflammation, especially is if the ear feels as though it's stopped up. And there can be a boil in front of the ear. You can be bleeding from the ears. There can be an intolerance of noise, roaring, buzzing, tingling, humming as if water over the, a dam or even chirping in the ear. That can be a bryonia issue. Calendula is always used for broken eardrum. So you have that broken eardrum. And I, I feel really bad now because I look back. I didn't know about calendula and arnica when my daughter, her eardrum burst. But thank God she was a nursing baby. She was extremely healthy. I mean, she was just, oh, she was nine pounds and she was born and she was just bright-eyed, bushy-tailed until that's immunization. But she healed very quickly. Calendula will heal a broken eardrum so quickly. And you can use that in a low potency. A 30X is good. You can go all the way down to a 3X. It very quickly helps the eardrum to heal. And like I said, I always use the Arnica as well. Uh, capsicum anum is one of the main mastoiditis remedies in the book has swelling and pain behind the ears, inflammation of the mastoid, oteria, there can be discharge from the ear. There's a tenderness, extremely sore and tender and hot, burning and stinging in the ears, and then deafness. The tympanum, the middle ear, can become perforated, a ruptured eardrum. Um, you can have subacute inflammation and ex- eustonation tubes with great pain. Um, ear affections during pregnancy also would indicate this particular remedy. Again, we talked about causticum, chamomile, ear infections, and childhood ailments. Always one of the best ear problems, remedies that there is. And it's great for swimmer's itch as well. Um, Cinchona or china, when you have that tinnitus, that type of ringing and roaring or hissing in the ear. And then vertigo, that's a great remedy for that. Coffea, have sensitive hearing and noise is painful. Even when somebody's footsteps are painful, look at coffee as a remedy. Colosynth, when echoes, sounds re-echo in the ears, and you, might, you can have a crawling or itching, and so you want to stick your finger in there, so you have a little kid doing that, you can try the, the colosynth remedy. Ferrum fos, when you have discharge from the ears and there could be itching, it's just, it's amazing. Pain and swelling of the parotoid gland, look at ferrum fos. Um, of course, the flu nosodes, basilinum and influenzinum are awesome when there's an otitis after a sore throat or with the flu. Gelsemium, earache from the cold or with a sore throat. A neuralgic earache, you know, that, that, that super bad pain of, like if you move just right and you get that sharp shooting pain, then gelsemium can be an awesome remedy for that. Graphite is used very often when there's the, those moist eruptions and cracks and fissures around and behind the ear, eczema behind the ears, dryness of the inner ear. Then these people hear better in noise. So 
I actually know a young man who, he got into the army because he was able to fake his hearing test, but this young man can't, he actually can't hear the loud noises, but he can hear the real soft noises. So it's kind of funny because everybody has different types of issues. And that child's mother actually had the German measles when she was expecting him. And that was his only birth defect. It was just amazing. But she did everything natural, see? And then you can have the tinnitus too with the graphites. There, like I say, the list goes on and on. Some other famous remedies. And like I say, they're all listed in the Homeopathy for Mommy's book with the main PowerPoints of that particular remedy for the ear issues. We have Hepersulf and Hydrastis, Lachesis, Magfos, Merxol, Mercurius is a huge remedy for any type of ear infection or inflammation. Remember that. Natmer, Nux vomica, Pulsatilla. Of course, we talked about Pulsatilla. It is famous for earaches of children. Phytoloca, Pyrogenium, Rustox, Rudigrav, Silica. Of course, you, I add Silica to every mix when there's something in the body that's not supposed to be there. Thuya, Veratrum, and Tellurium Metallicum. Tellurium Metallicum is my favorite remedy for like spinal injury. And of course, spinal injury, the ears, all of those types of functions are very closely allied. So it's just, the list goes on and on and on. And I'm just, I'm just so excited to get everyone on board so that they understand all this. We, we just, we need, we need mommies and caregivers to understand that they have the power to use a tiny little remedy to fix a great big problem. All you have to know is the key points. Homeopathy for Mommy's book, and you can get it in ebook format or hard copy. It really helps to drive that home so you can learn. And like I say, I'm a homeschool mom, so this book was put together in full color so that you can learn those PowerPoint type words that will stick in your brain. And once you've used it, you're going to remember it. So with that, I'm going to let you go. And I want to thank you. Just thank you so much. And and I pray that things go really well in your family as you begin learning more and more about homeopathy. May God bless you and yours. Thanks for listening to this episode of Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Please visit Sue on her website, homeopathyformommies.com, and join us right here at homeopathyformommiesradio.com. Wednesday, noon Eastern. As always, we pray the Lord blesses you with good health, vitality, strength, and wisdom.